It's time for The Car Doctor on AM 950 WROL. Got a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's The Car Doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. My name's John, the Car Doctor, to help you with your car problems on this Saturday. And it's a, look, it's a couple weeks before Christmas, and it's a great Saturday out there. It's, uh, I don't know, I think it was almost 50 degrees when I left the house this morning. So not quite feeling like Christmas weather, but certainly it is a... Uh, better than shoveling, I guess. So maybe we can get a little bit of snow for Christmas, and that would add to the season. We are broadcasting live today from Auto Toys in Randolph. And, uh, you know, if you're in the area, I'd love to have you stop by. Uh, You have some auto show tickets to give away, and love to be able to, you know, hand you a couple tickets if you're in the area. So it's uh, easy to find right off the highway, or if you're coming out of Randolph Center and you're heading towards the highway, it's right on the right-hand side. Great little shop, been here forever and ever and ever, and we'll talk to Dave in a bit about his shop and how long he's been here and the kind of things he does. And every year I come here and I see a, a few new things here and there, and uh, I was looking behind me, there was a rear-view camera system, and those have been around for quite a while, but this one actually is made into the license plate frame of the car, and it's tiny. And it uh, it uses the rearview mirror, so you have this uh, great installation that doesn't take up any dash space, and I kind of like the look of that. And then if you're, uh, uh, you know, they have things, simple things like vent visors, the uh, thing you put over the edge of the window, so you can drive with the window down a little bit in the rain and get a little bit of ventilation and great windshield wiper blades and all kinds of stuff here. It's a, it's a, it truly is a little toy store. And of course, one thing that they're, I think, famous for doing here is their remote car starters. And it's the perfect gift for Christmas. And uh, they're all different kinds now. And they pretty much put them in any kind of car. And they have lots and lots of different options. We'll find out about that in a bit. So all kinds of different things. But I still encourage you to call us about your car, your car problems. And you can do that at 617-770-3030, 617 617- Seven seventy thirty thirty. We'll talk to you about your car and hopefully only minor car problems and not major car problems. And uh, we'd actually like you to call in to kind of test out the phones a little bit too. See see if uh, our phones are working the way they should. Uh, it's a uh, I don't want to say it's it's always a chance when we're doing a remote, but uh, we always like to make sure everything works good and we're able to talk to people the way we're supposed to. Hey, and uh, got this. Uh, Note the other day, we have a new sponsor, the Honda guys, uh, Gene, Paul, and uh, Rich. They're from Honda Cars of Boston. And Honda Cars of Boston has been servicing the Boston metro area for over 40 years. They're a family-owned business, and uh, they've been servicing and selling Hondas. You know, that's all they do up there. Honda Cars of Boston is in Everett. It's founded by... uh, the brother's father in 1974. Their business reputation has been built upon character 
and the needs of their clients like Honda. Their business began with working on engines. From there, they developed a knack for servicing automobiles, which led them to open one of the biggest Honda dealerships in Metro Boston. Honda Cars of, of Boston and Everett is all about the family car buying experience because at the end of the day, it's all about family. So if you want to find out more information, it's Honda Cars of Boston. They're on 100 Broadway. Uh, it's Route 99 in Everett. And their website is hondacarsofboston.com. So you can find out all about that and find out about what they do up there. If you haven't put your car away for the wintertime and you have something you'd like to put away, classic car collectors have been spending much money and often invested considerable time in restoring the treasures. And this comes from Old Cars Weekly. Many unfortunate collectors who live in changing climates have often been shocked to see the mold and mildew that's developed in their car's interior during winter storage. And it's always important, if you are putting a car away for the winter, to have a little bit of ventilation and try to eliminate that moisture. I've seen some um, little electric fans that people put in their cars to keep the inside uh, ventilated so it works. But humidity is known to be a natural enemy of classic cars, lowering the relative humidity is critical to prevent the growth of mold and mildew. Well, sometimes you you know, you know, can't put your car in a climate-controlled storage, but there are some things that sometimes you can do. And uh, one of the things is with these dry packs. Um, so you can add these to the inside of the car, and you've seen them. You can. Uh, there's all different kinds, but um, there is a company that puts some of these together, and it, it's uh, they, use, they use these... Uh, little dry packs and you put them inside the car and it just it's a multi-absorbent so it's able to pull all the moisture out of the air and it says here in laboratory testing each of these and they call the one they use transorb has been able to pick up and absorb more than one pound of moisture at 86 degrees or 90 percent humidity so in the winter time as the temperature changes uh, and you've gone out and you've seen what happens in temperature changes you go out in your car it's dry at night and come out in the morning and it's soaking wet or just the opposite it's cold at night and you get up in the morning it's a little bit warmer well you don't want all that moisture to you don't want that to be taking place in and out of your car now i don't know about these um these but uh you can get the uh, same sort of little containers at all kinds of places uh you know for very inexpensive money but it wouldn't be a bad idea if you're worried about moisture in your car to put one you know one in the front seat one in the back seat and that would help uh, protect uh, against moisture buildup because it's it's they're sort of like salt crystals and they suck all the moisture out of the air and they deposit it in these little containers and then you empty it and you're going to help keep your car a little bit fresher that way. Um, the article I was reading it showed somebody putting them in cars at the Buffalo Transportation Pierce Arrow Museum and they want to keep all of their cars old and it showed a picture of a a leather interior that's just all covered with mildew and looks terrible so if you're putting if you're trying to take care of your car and and keep it up it would be a good way to be able to do that and it says multi multisorb is the leading global manufacturer of desiccant solutions same thing you buy something electronic and it has a little bag inside of it that uh takes keeps the moisture from building up same idea and they've been providing these solutions for a long time so you can look at this you could look at uh, all different kinds but the important part is to make sure you get this moisture out of the car so it doesn't cause issues inside the car that could cause all kinds of things and mold is one thing mildew is another but it's even worse than the allergies and all those kind of things the mold can actually cause a lot of damage to the interior so even cloth and leather interior can really cause some problems so putting the right stuff in there is a good idea and another another article that i saw in um 
Old Cars Weekly says, let's make let's make a deal, but they're in smaller print. It says, inspect first and purchase second. Uh, we've all done it. We see a vehicle that we must have, and then we let our emotions take over in the purchase rather than use your common sense. And it says, uh, you know what I'm talking about. You see the vehicle of your dreams, your pulse rate rises, and you feel your heart beating, and you uh, just want to go buy it but you haven't really checked it out. And emotions tend to take over during big-ticket sales. You're reminded of the car that you had in high school or excitement that builds. And I know it sounds kind of corny, but you should really buy with your head, not your heart. Uh, But it's, um, you know, what you really need to do is you really want to do a little bit of work, do an inspection, check the values, have it checked over by somebody, and it says, the uh, so what happens if the car or truck of your dreams is located in the opposite coast or a substantial right away? It makes it difficult to examine the vehicle in person, but the same rules apply. You need to do your due diligence to ensure the vehicle is everything it was made out to be. You need to have the same type of personal inspection and accurate research it would have done when purchasing a vehicle locally. If you can't make the trip to take the vehicle, you need someone who's qualified to examine that vehicle and make an informed evaluation. What is qualified? Perhaps you know of a respected restorer, a car club member, and that's where I would go. I would probably go with uh, a restorer would be great, but if you can't get that, if you're looking at, you know, whether it's a Model T or a Ford Mustang, try to talk to somebody at the local club to see whether they would be willing to go out and take a look at the car. And a lot of people will, and they'll because they want you to be as happy with your next classic car purchases hopefully they are with theirs so um you know so that's one of the things you want to do when um years and years ago uh, from 1985 to 1997 at AAA you know we had the vehicle diagnostic center the automotive diagnostic center where we would have people come in and we would look over their we would look over their cars for them and occasionally they would be classic cars and were we classic car experts no but we were able to look and look for things like previous body damage, uh, poorly done frame repairs, poorly done body repairs. If you see something that just doesn't look right, you're able to actually measure the paint thickness and see if there's um, a lot of filler or or something else to cause a problem. And uh, older engines are pretty basic, but they can still suffer from lots of problems, and that can be dried out oil seals, valve seal issues, poor compression. A little road test is always a good idea, but make sure the car is in good solid shape because uh, you want to make sure you're not buying, you know, basically a money pit of a car. So, you know... If you're buying something very expensive, then you want to look at things like are the uh, are the engine numbers matching, or is that a concern, or you know does the engine actually come from that car? Did it, or is it proper for that kind of car? So you want to get the right people to do all of those kind of things for you. Our phone number is six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty, and um, you know you want to you want to just look and make sure. And one last thing, I saw a little article here that says. Uh, I live in the northeast in Pennsylvania with four seasons. What do you recommend when storing your vehicle for the winter months? A full tank of gas, a half a tank of gas, or little or none? And this is, uh, again, from Old Cars Weekly. And it says, the questions come up before. For years, the most common answer was to keep the tank full, so to lessen the probability of condensation. My preference then, and still has been, 
for an empty or nearly empty tank to reduce the likelihood of bad gas, particularly if the vehicle sits for longer than you intended. Modern gasoline is much less stable, and after some bad experiences, I now use stabilizer. Condensation has never been a problem for me, whoever wrote this in southern New England, but I've had more than my share of bad gas, particularly with small engine power equipment. Uh, And then it goes back to say um, you can actually buy ethanol-free gasoline, uh, and uh, he says his local hardware store sells ethanol-free gasoline at twenty nine ninety five for a hundred and ten ounce can. That's more than thirty two dollars a gallon. Well, I don't know that I would do that. And, um, I had always been, depending on the type of equipment, uh, metal gas tanks. I'm always worried about corrosion building up in an empty tank because of a little bit of moisture. And um, I'm I'm a big uh, full tank, uh, you know, fill the tank and use the stabilizer. To me, that is the thing that seems to work the best for me, and I've had better luck that way. So, uh, but you know, you do everything you want. This guy says he would rather put a gallon of gas in the car, I guess, with a little bit of stabilizer and call it a day and let it run through. Um, depending on how long you're going to keep it, if you're going to just put it away now and drive it in the spring, I don't know that. I don't know that I would want to do that. I think I would rather have it full of gas, and the more gas that's in there, the less uh, air and moisture can get in there. So, But that's, you know, everybody has an opinion. I know the people that make the gas stabilizer, like Stabil, uh, they recommend a full tank of gas. And depending on what it is, we were talking about this last week with some power equipment, you know, do you run the carburetor dry? I've had better luck doing that than not. Uh, but, uh, you know, everybody, you know, everybody has their way. I remember... Uh, we're talking to our buddy Junior D'Amato, who we're going to have on the show again in a, in a couple of weeks, I think, because we were uh, I was we were chit chatting a little bit in the last week or so, and I told him a couple of people were asking, looking for him. So, uh, so it was uh, so we were talking about that. And I remember he always used to say his opinion was always, when possible, fill it up with gas, add gas stabilizer, and then then run the carburetor at a gas, and he's had the best luck that way. And that one seems to work pretty well for me, too. Let's talk to Robert. Good morning, Robert. Good morning, uh, Doc. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good, good. Uh, second time calling you. You had helped me with uh, my Mustang. I was having a big water problem. Okay. But uh, hopefully, uh, I think I got ahead of that. Hey, I have a Jeep Liberty 03, and uh, I just replaced the air compressor for the air conditioner. And uh, they didn't send the dryer, so I, I just received that. I'm going to put it on today. But I can't have it charged until uh, Thursday or Friday. It, will I be able to drive that, or should I just kind of leave it uh, until I have it service? No, you can drive it. That's yeah. not a problem. Because what they're going to do before they charge it, they're still going to put the system under a vacuum. And okay. when they do that, it's going to suck any moisture out of there at the same time. And with nothing in the system, the compressor is not going to run. There's a there's a low pressure switch that keeps the compressor from running, so okay. you're not going to do any damage to it. So okay. you yeah, can, was, you'll be fine. I wasn't sure whether I was going to bring whether the heater and the and, and those fluids uh, had anything to do with each other. But no, no, the uh, heater and the uh, coolant and the uh, in the heating system that goes through the heater core, although they yeah. share the same space, they're in the same area where the plenum is with yeah. the uh, with the air conditioning evaporator and the and the heater core. They yeah. nothing touches each other, so you're fine. Oh, all right, excellent, excellent. Okay, hey, one other quick question, if I sure. Can, it's about a generator. Uh, okay, 
it's it's a uh, a small portable, and mm. uh, my buddy had had the a carburetor repair, or well, actually replaced last year. Of course, he leaves it outside, so now it re- it won't restart again. Uh, I got a I got a spark at the coil, but I don't seem to be able to get gas to the carburetor. Mm. I'm in the middle of maybe pulling the carburetor off and, and saying, am I able to pull the carburetor off uh, maybe and, and just spray start a fluid directly in to that area? I wouldn't do that. I would do, I would try just a little bit of starter spray, you know, right in where the air intake is for the carburetor. Okay. So if there's a filter or a screen, yeah. a, little bit of, a little bit of starter spray there and see if it fires up. Okay. If it fires up, well, then you know there's something keeping the gas from the tank to the carburetor. Yeah. Uh, it may, it also may, uh, just from running for a few seconds, may get the fuel going through the system. But, okay, all right. Yeah, but chances are it's more of an issue with uh, something clogging a fuel port, some, something along those lines. That could be more more of a problem. The other possibility is... If the gasoline in there is gasoline that was really meant for summertime heat, okay, and where the temperature is cooler now, you yeah. need gasoline that is really designed for winter temperatures. And you'd be surprised. I made this mistake a couple of years ago. I had a you know half a gallon of gas in a gas can. I yeah. went to put it in my snowblower in cold weather. Okay. It would not start. I mean, it eventually did after, you know, I think the engine warmed up enough for me trying to start it. It yeah. finally started up. But um, the difference between that and all I did was I got rid of that gas, got a gas can of fresh gas, put it okay. in, started right up and ran fine. And it's just the difference in the temperatures that gasoline will light off at. So, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. so if it's, if it's gasoline that was in there over the summertime, you may find it's just – it will eventually start, but it's almost – you all, and I hate that this doesn't sound the safest thing to do, but even if you brought the uh, the generator indoors so the temperature sure. of the generator got, like, sure. room temperature, then took yeah. it back outside and restarted it, you might find yeah. it even starts that way. Okay, yeah, but it's a portable, so uh, yeah. it's, it's really contained. I don't think there'd be a problem. But Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah just, I was, just don't spill any gas in the house. Yeah, <laughs> I'll try not to. Okay. okay. Hey, that, that's great, John Paul. Thanks for your help. Okay, take care, Robert. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. Why don't we take a break if Kelly's ready? Kelly's filling in. Kelly Pacheco's filling in for us today. Uh, Marita is enjoying some time with her family. Why don't we take that little break, and when we come back, we'll talk to you maybe about your car and your car problems. All I want for Christmas is a real good tan. Marita here with Mike from Coastal Heating and Air Conditioning. Mike, I have to ask, do you recommend eliminating the need for oil in your home and why? Well, I'm going to speak from my personal experience. I was calling the oil man at least three times a year at a minimum of 800 a shot. So when I put the Mitsubishi in, I eliminated him completely. And if you have forced hot air oil system, we all know what it smells like when it turns on and we know the noise it makes. So if you eliminate that and put in the indoor units, you'll actually clean the air in your home. You will have no smell whatsoever, and again, with no noise. 
so it actually purifies the air. They have allergenic filters in them. So anyone that has breathing issues, they claim this will take care of it. Wow. Call Mike at Coastal today at 617-770-0636 for all of your heating and air conditioning needs. Did your financial advisor lose 30% of your life savings in the last bear market? Are you afraid it could happen again? I'm Pastor David Mitchell, founder of New Venture on Wall Street, a company that specializes in teaching you how to cut out the middleman and take control of your money. At our two-day training session, you'll learn how business principles from the Bible, combined with our powerful skill sets for stock trading, can give you the ability to make informed financial decisions for your family. Having control can give you peace of mind even in an uncertain market because nobody cares as much about your hard-earned money as you do. New Venture on Wall Street. Build your legacy. Coming to the Hilton Garden in Waltham, January 8th and 9th. Only $99.95 for your entire household, plus a free ticket for a friend and full money-back guarantee. To register, call 877-907-TRADE. That's 877-907-8723. Or go to nvows.com. That's nvows.com. Hi, this is Pat Ryan, and I just want to let you in on an amazing happening taking place on Saturday, December 19th from 3 to 6 on WEZE. Bill Kelly of Kelly Financial, who airs Saturdays on WEZE 12 to 3, and his lovely wife Kelly will be hosting their The Kelly Promise of Christmas program. This is a live call-in program where Bill and his wife Kelly take calls from people sharing what the promise of Christmas means to them. Do you need groceries? The Kellys will supply them. Do you need heating fuel? The Kellys will get it for you. Do you need a wheelchair? The Kellys will get you one, all at their expense. I know this sounds too good to be true, but it is true. And let me mention that Bill and Kelly are incredibly humble folks. They do this from their hearts. They feel God has so blessed them that this is one of the ways that they can give some of those blessings back. So please plan on listening in on Saturday, December 19th from 3 to 6, and call to share your successes or struggles. And God, through the Kellys, will be blessing you. AM 950 WROL Boston, home of the Irish Hit Parade, Saturdays 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. A service of Salem Media Group. Trying to, trying to figure out what to do with your money on Saturday, December 19th from 3 to 6. Bill Kelly, author, radio show host on these very stations and founder of the Kelly Financial Group and Kelly Financial Services and his wife, Kelly. So it's Kelly Kelly. Will host Bill Kelly's Promise of Christmas on uh, 590 on WEZE. This special program is dedicated to enriching the holidays of our extended family and clients and their loved ones. The promise of Christmas to our family means the promise of renewal of hope and compassion, kindness, and sharing God's love during this special program. All listeners will be invited to call uh, Bill at 617-328-7514 and share their promise of Christmas. We encourage you, your family and friends and neighbors and other loved ones to call in and share stories from struggles and victories in turn will help those in need for Christmas. By participating in the program, you'll enable um, the Kelly Group to reach out in many ways uh, they couldn't on their own. So uh, uh, Bill Kelly and his wife Kelly look forward to sharing their blessings. And uh, please listen to their program on behalf of the entire Kelly family. 
They wish you a wonderful holiday season. So check this out. This is going to be next Saturday, uh, December 19th from 3 to 6. And it's Bill Kelly, and you know him. He's uh, he's the guy who does the Kelly Financial Advice Show, and he's an author. He has a bunch of books out there, and it'll be on uh, our sister station, AM 590 WEZ. So check it out. I always look at ads in magazines and kind of think what you know, think how well they work or how well they don't work, and. Trico, the windshield wiper blade company, has a new hybrid blade. They're calling it a high-performance hybrid wiper blade engineered with unique combination of advanced technologies, maximizing visibility. You know, let's face it. If you can't see where you're going, you can't drive. So this new design improves safety in today's unpredictable driving environment, the latest in a long line of pioneering technologies for improving driving safety. Uh, Trico's been, you know, had windshield wiper blades for a long time, and they're designed with this dual shield hybrid technology, including a spring steel beam, which is better than some. I've used some before, the the single beam ones, and the smaller ones work good, but once they get bigger for like a minivan or a big SUV, they kind of flop around a little bit too much. But, um, you know, you might want to check these out, and they look relatively attractive as opposed to some that are just hideous looking. And then uh, the other one was a company called from K-Seal that does a head gasket repair. And, you know, everybody under the sun is trying to come up with something new to fix a leaky head gasket without taking the engine apart. And we had a guy, uh, I think it was Auto RX, that had a product, and he offered a money-back guarantee, and he would actually refund your money if it didn't work. And I think we had about a 50-50 success rate for people who used it. Uh, I think a couple people had good luck. It worked fine, and a couple people put it in, and it didn't work. The latest development from K-Seal, the coolant leak repair specialist, is a dedicated head gasket and block repair. They call it the K-Seal Ultimate. It was developed in response to an overwhelming demand from distributors and will permanently fix leaks in cylinder heads, head gaskets, and blocks. The unique formulation is compatible with all types of antifreeze, including waterless coolants. Simply shake the bottle and pour it into the cooling system, hot or cold. Run the engine, and the leak is repaired in minutes. No need to flush and drain the system. Some of the other ones, you have to go through a fair amount of work. You have to take all the coolant out, flush it out with clean water, make sure it's clean, Add the repair stuff, put it back in, flush it back out when you're done. A lot of work goes in place. If your customer's head gasket starts leaking, recommend K-Seal Ultimate Permanent Head Gasket Repair by Solvetech. When this award-winning product uh, uh, makes a repair, it's permanent. Saving the customer's money on a workshop repair or even a new car. It's been independently tested, and it's supposed to work. You know, we'll see. The distributor asks uh, for the next generation uh, Head gasket repair, you should take a look. You know, we'll have to maybe have to call these guys someday and see how good this stuff actually works and kind of go from there and see what it's like. I saw something in, I think it was Automotive News, about uh, Neo Classics. And these are cars that were designed that... Um, they're designed to look old, although they're new. And if you would like to join us, we are at 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. And we're broadcasting live from Auto Toys in Randolph. If you find yourself in the Randolph area this morning, between now and 10 o'clock, stop by. We have some tickets to the Boston Auto Show to give away if you, if you happen to be in the neighborhood. Uh, but Neo Classics, there's a bunch of them, and Excalibur made one, Zimmer made one, Classic Motor Carriages made one, and Stutz Motor Cars of America made one. And and I guess they're starting to find their way now. They're, uh, they were 
you know, not always considered real classic cars, but um, the Excalibur one was uh, designed by Brooks Stevens. He was a Studebaker guy, and uh, it was it was around for a long time. Uh, put a uh, you know, originally in 1964, they put a Mercedes-Benz SSK replica body on a uh, Studebaker Daytona convertible. One thing led to another. Studebaker's gone bust, and Stevens and his son ended up uh, ended up in the manufacturing business. Uh, fiberglass body Chevy powered and priced at six thousand dollars. The Excalibur Roadster opened the door to neoclassics. Um, Phyllis Diller owned four of these things. Okay. Back in that day, uh, Zimmer. I I knew somebody that actually had a Zimmer and uh, uh, liked the Clinet and the Excalibur. The first Zimmer Golden Spirit was sketched on a napkin, but uh, it was in a uh, you know sort of a Ford Mustang chassis. It was stretched a little bit, and they put a lot of funny shapes on it. The Golden Spirit overused every cliche, from a bevy of air horns to the padded top to Landau bars. We used to see one at uh, where the radio station is at Marina Bay. Everyone, every once in a while, one would drive by in the morning. It, somebody must have lived over there. They had one. Uh, they had a four-door bottle uh, model that actually had an optional wet bar, and then TV became available. Zimmer bo- uh, boasted it's an impressive size and classic design and guarantees special treatment always. Well, I'll say that. It's a huge car. And then, of course, classic motor carriages. I don't know much about this. This was a company from 1982 to 1999, and they did a variety of different things. Um, they called themselves purveyor of fine horseless carriages for nobility and gentry. It uh, made a Bugatti and a Mercedes replica bodies for Ford Pinto or Volkswagen chassis. Then ambition struck, and in 1982, it started the classic Tiffany, a car similar to the Golden Spirit in many aspects. The Florida company uh, sued... Uh, the attorney general sued them in 1994 after complaints about uh, poor sales tactics, and the company shut down in 1999. And then, of course, Stutz Motor Car, Stutz Blackhawk, penned by noted auto designer Virgil, uh, uh, used an extreme approach to design. This was a car that was sort of it was a Buick-based car or a Pontiac-based uh, car, and it was owned by a lot of people. Frank Sinatra owned one. Elvis Presley owned one. They're around, and they still they still sell for ridiculous amounts of money. So, you know, if you see one of these classic cars, and you know, don't I guess uh, don't laugh at it. They're actually uh, pretty interesting in their own ways, and you might find something you you really kind of like the looks of. If you would like to call us, our phone number is six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven. 770-3030. We had a little echo on our last call, but I think we have that fixed and settled. So, if you'd like to. Give it a call and give us a call and test it out. This is the time to do it. I've been following this guy for a while, and I kind of wonder what's going on. Um, he's he's a guy, Paul Elio. He his plan is to try to build a small three wheel car that he hopes will sell for very, you know, these days very inexpensive for I think under seven thousand dollars. It's going to get eighty four miles per gallon it's going to actually have doors so you drive it like a regular car and in october 2010 the phoenix entrepreneur had emptied his personal bank account to pay the bills for his startup company elio motors elio's wife had left him a a year late on his mortgage payments elio faced the prospect of losing his home too he was getting ready to pawn his wristwatch 
his last possession of any real value. When salvation came, he uh, he had a, a damaging hailstorm struck uh, Phoenix, and his uh, old friend gave him a job with his roofing business, providing Elio with enough income to keep his startup afloat. I think he was a cab driver or something, but there had been hard days, scary days, and uh, this is an article from Automotive News, and it says Elio 51, a former engineer at Johnson Controls, an automotive consultancy I'm pretty sure I think at some point he was driving a cab. But, uh, indeed, seven years after he founded Elio Motors to design a cheap, efficient three-wheel commuter vehicle, Elio's counting his victories. Uh, small ones. Last month the, at the Los Angeles Auto Show, the 15-person startup unveiled the latest prototype of his three-wheel and now outfitted with a just-under-one-liter engine built to specification by German engineering company um, IAV. The same week, the company got the green light from U.S. Securities Exchange to raise $25 million through uh, crowdfunding. To date, 47,000 people have sent the company $100 to $1,000 over the Internet in exchange for the privilege of buying one of his three-wheel cars, which has promised at a starting price of $6,800 and fuel economy rating of 84 miles per gallon. As much as a car, they're buying into a dream, his dream, which is like most car manufacturers. It doesn't always work that well. Uh, Elio modeled the design after his father's mid-century Lord Elgin wristwatch. The Rolex reminds him of a dark time because he had to sell his Rolex, I guess. And um, he wants to try to do this. Classified as a motorcycle under some U.S. laws, Elio would be exempt from crash safety, although it would have seatbelts and airbags and many states' drivers would be permitted to ride solo in the carpool lane like motorcyclists. And I guess if it's classified as a motorcycle, and if you had one in Massachusetts, you would probably need to wear a helmet inside of it. The idea isn't revolutionary. From 73 to 81 and 89 to 2001, England's Reliant Motor sold a fiberglass three-wheeler called the Reliant Robin as rising fuel prices demanded efficiency. And today, Toyota is developing a tandem two-seat car called the iRoad that steers on its lone rear wheel, Elio concludes well-funded automakers have the money and know how to evaluate his three-wheeler. I kind of wonder if he's really going to actually build a car or he's going to build a, a car to try out and then sell it to someone else. But we'll have to wait and see. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see and see how it all works. I, I wish him the best because I kind of like these ideas of these little fuel-efficient cars that, you know, maybe might actually work. Our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030, and we are broadcasting live from Auto Toys in Randolph. But let's say hello to Frank. Hey, Frank. Frank, how are you, sir? I got a question on the uh, 1988 Corvette vehicle with the uh, fans that cool the engine. Yeah. Whether they're thermostatically controlled, should they be on constantly when you first stop the vehicle, or should it go on after it's already started, after it reaches a normal heat range? No, it should, they should go on after, um, once, the temp- once it gets up to temperature. So it shouldn't be on all the time. Yeah, the, uh, the, the temp on those vehicles, they run uh, 195 to 235. Right. And I was curious to know if, uh, whether it's, I haven't pulled it out yet, but is it the 195 staff that's in those, is it? It probably is, yeah, because you have to remember that even though water boils at, you know, 212, 212, when you add a pressure cap and antifreeze, the boiling temperature gets pushed up to about 260 degrees. Right. 
So you don't have to worry about overheating, but the fan's important to be able to do its, you know, do its job. And, yeah, they shouldn't be running all the time. If they are, you know, there's probably a, either a bad relay or a bad temperature sender. Okay, because I had a friend of mine, he has the same vehicle. He was going down the highway with it. He was kind of doing a little more, uh, higher speed than he should have. He was going 90. Yeah. the temp light came on, and he seized the motor by the time he had it stopped. Well, he had something else going on, though. Fluid, but, fluid was everywhere. Yeah, I oh, bet. Yeah, I don't know. But, but you have to remember, you have to remember, cars like any car with an electric fan. Yeah. The fan is only really des- designed to cool the engine when it gets hot, or it's designed that um, when you're driving, it's not going to work because it's actually the air going by the radiator that actually cools it off. The fan's only there to move air when the car isn't moving. Yeah, up to a certain speed, yeah. like, right? Yeah, What's yeah. I, yeah, you may find that once you're going 5 or 10 miles an hour on a normal day, there's almost no need for the fans to come on. Right. But the front of that, the 88 Corvette, there doesn't seem to be any air intake. It must be from underneath the, the, the vehicle, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't it, see any it, openings in the front of that, the nose of that vehicle where the air actually gets into that radiator. Yeah, it's still it's still can it it ducks up from the bottom, but yeah, yeah. it's but it, it is really designed to uh, you know move the air the best it can. So yeah, it would be it, there would be no point in having an electric fan in there when they could put a mechanical one in instead. So right, yeah. So would it be would it, so it wouldn't uh, help to put in the one eighty stat in there or anything like that? I would or put what? in whatever it belongs, whatever belongs in there. I I don't, you know, you could you could cool the engine off. I'm sorry, what? Excuse me. They have to run at that high a heat range. I mean, I'm used to. I had a '58 Corvette, and you know, I used to have like a 160 stat in it because it it ran hot anyway. It was a 327, 350, a '67 motor. So yeah, that that's going to be a little bit different because you've changed it. I mean, you could put a you could put a lower temperature thermostat in. I mean, it's not it's not going to hurt anything. Uh, yeah, but you know that's that's totally up to you. But that cooling fan, you know, that cooling fan is designed to you know work a certain way, and you know there is there is a whole little diagnostic procedure, and there is actually a little fan control module on there too. So you have a couple of things going on with that. Okay. So um, you know, I'll just I'll just kind of read just a little bit of the instructions here. It says uh, ignition on, engine off. AC off, coolant temperature below 100 degrees uh, centigrade, so under under 212, and it says cooling fan should be off. And is it yes or no? So yes. Then it says ground diagnostic terminal fan should turn on. Does it? Doesn't it? Unground the terminal, start the engine, AC off, uh, fan should be off and temp- when temperature is under 200 degrees. If it isn't, it says uh, fan idling AC off, Use scan tool to check fan request input. Uh, does scan indicate fan requested yes or no? Uh, so you could have a you could have a bad ECM, you could have a bad fan control module, or somebody could have jumped it together to keep the fan running all the time. Yeah, well, I've noticed it sometimes when I start it, it's not on, and then sometimes I start it, it is on. You know, okay. right away. So yeah, it yeah, but it should be it should be off. When the engine temperature is under 100 degrees centigrade or under 212, so 12. it should be uh, yeah, it should be off. So 
around to know, yeah. Yeah. And All one right. of the, yeah, so you got to look for, you know, it could even be a wire, you know, going to ground or something, turning it on, or intermittently a harness that's got a bit of an issue or something. Very good. Okay. Okay, thank you. All right, take care now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030, and how you talk to me about your car problems and try to help you with yours. And uh, we still have a little bit of an echo in there, and I don't know if it sounds that way over the air or not, but it sounds old to me. So, uh, But, uh, you know, it's just the way it is sometimes. But as long as you're okay with it, I'm okay with it. So that's how that's how we try to do it. Did you ever wonder what it's like to get a driver's license someplace else where there's no universal standard for getting a driver's license? Uh, if you live in Mexico, how many tests does a new driver need to get to get their driver's license? Until just recently, at least? None. You only have to, have, you only have to just know that you have to be able to say, I know the driving rules. Uh, the number of, in, if you're in Egypt, the number of written questions people must answer in Egypt to get a driver's license, 10. After they demonstrate their ability to park and drive forward and backwards through a S-shaped course, they get a driver's license. The number of years a license is good for in Finland, 15. And uh, you must take construction on car maintenance and driving on slippery weather. And also driving at night because it gets dark there at 3 o'clock. The number of points on a new driver's license in Italy, if someone loses all of his points uh, by committing multiple offenses such as speeding or using a cell phone, uh, they must take another driving test. That's if you get 20 points. In North Korea, there's actually four levels of driver's licenses. Although private car ownership is not allowed, licensed drivers, typically from wealthy families, often work for the government as chauffeurs. In South Dakota, you can get a driver's license at 14. And uh, South Dakota allows unsupervised driving from 6 a.m. till 10 at night with a parent or guardian's permission. In India, you need to have a learner's permit for 30 days before you get a light motor vehicle license after a very simple driving test. In Australia, the speed limit is 62 miles an hour regardless of the posted speed. That's, a, that's for any new driver. And they actually have, I was just talking to a co-worker who spent a couple weeks in Australia. His son was there. And he said the there's like four levels of driver's licenses, and they actually go to the license plate. So there's a provisional license, and, uh, yeah, you can only drive so fast when you're under that driver's license. He also said no one speeds because there are speed cameras everywhere. And he says uh, you, you speed, and you just uh, get a ticket, and you get multiple tickets, and you lose your driver's license. So, um uh, also, the new drivers under 25 cannot drive a vehicle that is eight or more cylinders, or which has been modified. So, uh, so no uh, no turbochargers, no superchargers, none of that sort of stuff. And if uh, you were getting your driver's license in China, you need to get a, you need to take a hundred questions. You must answer them in 45 minutes. At least 90 must be correct. The Ministry of Public Safety provides no sample tests to practice as it is their intention for the ministry. The students must learn the traffic regulations and understand the intention of the rules rather than memorize answers to questions. So a little bit harder in some places than others. In other places, not hard at all. So why don't we take another break, if that's okay with Marita. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the car that got me around this week, which is... uh, which is the Hyundai 
Tucson, the all-new Hyundai Tucson. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on AM 950 WROL, and we are broadcasting live from Auto Toys in Randolph, where they're doing a pretty steady business here this morning. And hopefully, we'll be able to get to talk to Dave, the owner, if he ever gets a little, little chance to relax. Hung from the bow of the boat Stockings are filled with sunshine rays It's Christmas in Blue Chair Bay There's lights up in every pond This may be the best Christmas gift ever. The gift of knowledge, the gift of learning, the gift of private Christian education. There are currently 18 Christian schools that have partnered with WROL Radio. And they've made it possible for you to purchase a year's tuition for half price. That's right, a year's tuition for half price. If you're a grandparent, an aunt or uncle, or perhaps a godparent, you can bless a young family member with the gift of Christian education. You'll receive a gift certificate that you can wrap and place under the tree. And if you purchase before Christmas Eve, December 24th, you'll also receive a bonus gift of a $100 Visa gift card just for you. Visit our website right now at WROLradio.com to see all the participating schools and to receive more information. Or call Pat Ryan at WROL Radio at 617-691-2521. Make it a merry Christian education Christmas from WROL Radio. Sullivan Tire and Auto Service is ringing in the holiday season with an amazing tire event. Now through December 15th, we're announcing a giant company-wide sale on every tire in our inventory. That's right, every tire is now on sale. Every brand, every size, for every vehicle. Sullivan Tire is offering these budget-busting deals just in time for the long winter driving season. Save big on quality road-gripping tires from all the famous names, such as the BF Goodrich All-Terrain TAKO2 and many more. And we'll keep your car running right all winter long. Stop in for our thorough factory scheduled maintenance check. Our ASC certified technicians will check out your battery and charging system, radiator antifreeze, inspect your tires and air pressure, brakes, all system fluids, steering and suspension, belts, hoses, the exhaust system, exterior lights, wiper blades, and more. Now's the time to get that jump on winter with giant savings on every tire in our huge inventory. Hundreds of thousands of tires on sale, including BF Goodrich tires. Now through December 15th, call 877-592-TIRE. Peace of mind driving. You deserve it. We provide it. Sullivan Tire. Marita here with Mike from Coastal Heating and Air Conditioning. Mike, I have to ask, do you recommend eliminating the need for oil in your home and why? I'm going to speak from my personal experience. I was calling the oil man at least three times a year at a minimum of 800 a shot. So when I put the Mitsubishi in, I eliminated him completely. And if you have forced hot air oil system, we all know what it smells like when it turns on and we know the noise it makes. So if you eliminate that and put in the indoor units, you'll actually clean the air in your home. You will have no smell whatsoever, and again, with no noise. So it actually purifies the air. They have allergenic filters in them. So anyone that has breathing issues, they claim this will take care of it. Wow. Call Mike at Coastal today at 617-770-0636 for all of your heating and air conditioning needs. Hey, 
And welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. Our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030, and we are at Auto Toys in Randolph. Uh, it's a great little place. If you want to give them a call, their phone number is 781-961-9800, and they're here six days a week, Monday through Saturday, So, and they, uh, they just, uh, if you're looking for that remote car starter, David, have it all wrapped up in a box for you, so you don't even have to do the gift, gift wrapping, which is kind of nice. Well, one car that didn't have a remote car starter that I have driven recently is the latest version of the Hyundai Tucson, and it has matured nicely. Still a compact five-passer SUV that can be ordered in front-wheel drive or all-wheel drive. There are four trim levels and two engine sizes. The base model comes with a two-liter four-cylinder engine that powers the front wheels through a six-cylinder through a six-speed automatic transmission. The all-wheel drive models and higher trim levels come with a 1.6-liter turbocharged engine connected to a 7-speed dual-clutch-style transmission. This petite engine develops 175 horsepower and 195 foot-pounds of torque. Uh, As a comparison, this is about the same horsepower rating as a V6 engine in some older Hyundais. I think the 2.7-liter engine, the V6, 2.7-liter V6 in some of the earlier Hyundai Santa Fe's was 185 horsepower. Our road test was in the top of the line uh, Tucson Limited model with all-wheel drive. On the road, the 1.6 liter engine is competent enough during my time with the Tucson. There were times I would have liked to have more power, although in day-to-day driving, the 1.6 liter four-cylinder engine was able to handle everything I asked it to do with only a little bit of complaining. The shifts were generally smooth, although from time to time, like many dual-clutch transmissions, there could be a slight delay as transmission sorts out what gear it needs to be in. The handling is surprisingly responsive on quick turns, avoiding potholes and other road hazards. The Tucson was pretty nimble, and with a secure field, it seemed more like a sedan than an SUV. The ride was quiet and comfortable, with the suspension soaking up bumps and cracks in the road. The brakes were generally excellent, although occasionally when cold, they felt a little bit grabby. It went away pretty quick, but it it was uh, just like that first brake application. The EPA rates the fuel economy at 24 miles per gallon in the city, 28 miles per gallon on the highway. I averaged just over 28 miles per gallon overall after about 500 miles of driving, according to the onboard computer system. Uh, So above the EPA number, right at the EPA number uh, for highway, and above the combined number, which I think is 25 or 26. I didn't have much of an opportunity to drive the Tucson in challenging weather, but it should perform well since it has an all-wheel drive locking feature not found in every compact SUV. The interior of the Hyundai has a decidedly upscale feel and look with accessories that were once only found in luxury cars. The front seats in our limited model were both heated and cooled. There's a large touchscreen navigation system, automatic dual climate control, automatic LED headlights, blind spot monitoring, and rear cross-traffic alert systems. The controls are simple, straightforward, and easy to use. Most of the surfaces have a soft-touch feel, generally found in more expensive vehicles. The cabin is roomy for a compact SUV, uh, feeling more like a mid-sized model. The seats are supportive, but my opinion could be just a bit more comfortable, a little bit more padding. I think, uh, you know, you're in the car for an hour or so, it's not bad. After a couple hours, I think you'd find it uncomfortable. The rear seating area is also quite roomy with a fairly generous amount of leg and cargo room. Uh, Speaking of cargo room, it's uh, quite good with 31 cubic feet behind the rear seat. And with the rear seat folded, the capacity nearly doubles to 62 cubic feet. Our Tucson Limited also had the hands-free power liftgate that senses when you're standing behind the vehicle with the key and automatically opens the tailgate. 
So kind of a neat little feature. Different than, uh, I think, Ford, you have to wave your foot under the bumper or something. So this one actually senses you're there. And if you stay there long enough, it starts to beep. Kind of an interesting feature. The bottom line is the Hyundai Tucson Limited is not the most exciting vehicle in the world, but it does offer upscale, modern, well-thought-out interior with a family-friendly seating and plenty of cargo space. And if you're comparing, it seats five. It uses regular gas, so no premium required, even though it is turbocharged. Uh, EPA mileage, 24 city, 28 highway. Like I said, I've been averaging about 28, probably 80% um, highway driving uh, and 20% city driving. I don't believe it has been crash tested yet. Base price goes from 22700 Our as-tested model, because it was the top of the line with everything in it, $32,320. You would shop it against something like a Honda CRV, Mazda CX-3, Ford Escape, maybe a Toyota RAV4, something along those lines. So, you know, something, you know, something to uh, think about. If you're looking for a small SUV, it might be just a small SUV you want to look it all over and see what you like. If you would like to join us, our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030, and you know, give us a call and let's work out this little issue with the phones maybe or something. And remember, we have a new sponsor. It is the Honda guys, Gene, Paul, and Rob. They uh, are from Honda Cars of Boston. Honda Cars of Boston has been servicing the Boston metro area for over 40 years. They're a family-owned business uh, that sells and services only Hondas. That's their only focus. Honda Cars of Boston and Everett was founded by the brother's father in 1974. Their business reputation has been built upon their character and the needs of their clients. Like Honda, their business began with working on engines. I guess they were they had a Honda repair shop before they had a Honda dealership, and uh, they must have been doing the right thing. And Honda offered them the ability to sell their cars. Uh, Honda Cars of Boston is an effort. It's all about the family car buying experience because at the end of the day, it's all about family. Check out Honda Cars of Boston. That's their website. And they are located on 100 Broadway in Everett. That's Route 99. Uh, check it out. See what it's like. So I saw this little article about caller ID sort of. And it says, Iowa puts driver's licenses on smartphones. You know, it says, imagine you've uh, just caught the flash of red lights or blue lights in your rearview mirror. You pull over and your smartphone sends an alert requesting permission for the police officer to view your license on a mobile device. You can scan your thumb for verification. And as the police officer approaches, he or she greets you by name. As they look over your vehicle, sends the citation you've just received to your phone. You can enter in uh, your plea and pay right on your device. Sound like the future? Well, that's what's happening in Iowa, apparently. So they're the one who's first started to do it. Some proposed benefits seem obvious. Instant updates to addresses, driver records will shorten the lines at the DMV. Eliminating physical licenses save the state production costs. And also merchants and financial institutions see it as a means of combating fraud. Interesting idea. Uh, let's go. Uh, let's, talk to, let's talk to the boss. Pat, is that you? It is me. Good morning, John. Good morning, Pat. How are you? I'm very well. I wanted to say, normally I would have been there with you at Auto Toys, but I'm en route to head to a funeral up in the Worcester area. So I'm I'm in my car, and I'm listening to you, and I'm thinking, what a good job you're doing, and that I'm going to buy myself one of those remote control 
for my car, and I'm going to get one for my goddaughter. So if you can tell Dave that before you leave there, I'm going to get a couple of those. And I just want to say, I've done that in the past, and the it's they're beautifully wrapped, and then it's at your leisure or the recipient's leisure to just set it up with Auto Toys to go back, and they install it seamlessly. It doesn't take them much time at all. And my golly, what a wonderful uh, um, little accessory to have in the cold winter months, you know? Far cheaper than a garage. Yes, far cheaper than a garage and extremely well done. So No, no. one thing about the folks here at Auto Toys, they are true professionals. True, true professionals in what they do, and um, and you know it's kind of interesting that I've been coming here for years, and it's a lot of the same crew is here. Uh, they've had some folks that have that have left, but they've come back, and they come back because it's a good place to work. They do a nice job, and they don't cut any corners. You you never hear of problems with an installation issue, and really, it's uh, you know it's the quality of the product, but it's also the quality of the installation that makes it so important when it comes to you know having any electrical accessory installed in your car, and that's why the, that's what these guys do here. Absolutely, and I know Dave McCleary uh, personally, and I can attest to that, just as you just said there, John. And, you know, I do have one question for you, though, our specialist, car doctor specialist, um, that I, I'm curious about. Yes, um, ma'am. As I was leaving, um, I filled up my car because I had a pretty, a pretty good journey to go to. I still have 20 more miles before I get to the church where the funeral is at. But um, I filled up my car, and it wouldn't fill to capacity. And it was, it's the little neighborhood gas station that I always go to. And I said, what? And he said he didn't know that sometimes there's vapor in the gas tank, and it will prevent it from filling, or the car thinks it's full. Or Have you ever heard of anything like well, that before? It could be one of two things. It could be that their nozzle actually has a problem because the nozzle senses pressure coming back and it will actually stop the flow of fuel if because it thinks the gas tank's getting full. So it could be their nozzle is a little too sensitive. The second thing is, and this sounds this may sound sort of funny, is your car's gas tank ventilation system may have spiders in it. Ew. <laughs> and what ha- and what happens is these little spiders build uh, little cobwebs, and they keep a valve from closing properly. And uh, it may just work itself out over time, but it's actually cobwebs cause this little ventilation valve to stick closed. And when you're adding gas, it won't allow the gas tank to fill all the way. Uh huh. But before okay. before I suspected spiders, I'd try another gas station and see what happens. I will do that. I mean, I got, they filled me three quarters, so I knew I was fine for for Mm -hmm. my drive. But, well, thank you, John. Thank you very much. All right. Do give my regards to Dave and his crew there. I most certainly will. And Merry Christmas. Okay, you too, Pat. Take care. Bye bye. Our our friend and boss, I guess, Pat Ryan from the radio station. And, uh, let's see, let's see if we get. Let's see if we get Dave over here at some point to chit chat with us. Dave, yeah. Let's see if we let's see if we can get you over to chat a little bit. We haven't talked to you at all today, so drag my microphone around. And uh, you guys have been here forever, it seems like. 
it's uh, it's and it's kind of nice to come in and see a lot of your crew here and uh, and every year I come here and by the way I Pat Ryan just called in she had a car problem she's on her way to something but she also said she plans on coming in and buying two remote car starters just so you know and uh, I was noticing your backup cameras and they're getting smaller and more um, factory looking all the time. Yeah, we do some pretty cool things with the backup cameras, pickup trucks especially. You can put them in the handles of the tailgate. Uh, for cars, you can put them in the license plate frames. So they're pretty unobtrusive, you know, pretty difficult to spot. Um, so customers like that for aesthetic value. And the one in the license plate frame actually really, you know, it, first off, it's a license plate frame that's legal for Massachusetts, so it doesn't block any of the Massachusetts wording, which is always a problem. But you would hardly know that was a backup camera. Yeah, I pointed out to one of our demo cars to the customer. I asked them if they could find it, and they most of the time they cannot find the camera. So, and that one with the license plate frame, um, there are a couple different mirror choices. Some look, some are bigger than others. Some are smaller than others. They, but they all sort of uh, mimic a little bit of the uh, factory style mirror. Absolutely, which keep it looking very, very stock, so it doesn't ruin the integrity of your car. Uh, we try to change the radio if it's possible. That way there's nothing that has to show, and we can just put the backup camera right through the radio. Touchscreen radios have come down in cost so much that if your car will take it, we can upgrade the radio, give you all the new Bluetooth options, and even if they want it, navigation, that type of stuff. I believe uh, Marita, my producer, was in here, and you took out her old factory radio in her Toyota Corolla and put something new so she could sync her uh, iPhone up without any problems, and she was all happy up. Yeah, iPhone, even the brand new 6, any of that will integrate for you for your Bluetooth, Bluetooth audio streaming, all that type of stuff. You know, some people, I think, get a little bit misled. They maybe are walking through a store and they see a remote car starter for, you know, seventy nine ninety five, and they're like, oh, I can put that in. But today's cars, everything's tied into the computer system of the car. You guys need to reflash things and you need to do a lot more work. Yeah, I've had two customers in the last two weeks, one that tried it himself, one that thought he was going to try it himself. The first one was with his wife, who had a very bad look on her face because their car would not start. We actually had to go to their house and disassemble what he had done to fix that first, and then we actually put the remote starting correctly. The other gentleman wised up very quickly as soon as he saw the wiring and realized he wasn't going to attempt it. But a lot of these prices are either uninstalled or they're not giving you the true price because it's not giving you all the parts. We try to tell you up front what it's going to cost. And that way you have a very, very close estimate when you walk through the door and there's no surprises or bait and switch. Yeah, I think I was walking through, I don't know, it could have been like Christmas tree shop or something. It was like, remote car starter, sixty nine ninety five, perfect Christmas gift. And I'm like, okay, sure. And if you see them at, at, at that price or in those places, if you see them, you know, even on eBay or, or Pep Boys or Advanced, they tend to be remote starters that you really don't want to put in a car, you know, especially a car that you like the person. Uh, they tend to be very cheap products, very thin wiring, and they can do damage to the vehicle. So you want to use a high-quality product and have it installed correctly. Yeah, it's, it really, uh, when I was just talking to Pat a minute ago, I said to her, it's really all, it's the installation is, I think, is more important than the product sometimes because you guys don't take any, you guys don't cut harnesses. You guys plug in things where they're supposed to be or use the right taps and you're not ending up a year later that all of a sudden the thing doesn't work or you have a check engine light on or an intermittent no start or hesitation because of a poor connection because you're using the right wiring to be able to fix the car. Correct. The way we tie in for the remote starters, even if we ever did have a failure, it wouldn't um, interrupt the integrity of the car itself. So the car always works the way it did before. Let's talk about sound systems a little bit. Uh, you get into, I'm, I'm driving a 2016 Hyundai Santa Fe. It's not a bad sounding audio system inside the car, but you can always make improvements, right? 
Absolutely. You know, whether it's an old, you know, 79 Corolla or it's a brand new Acura RDX like we had in yesterday, we can make changes to the car, even if it's just a speaker upgrade, if it's an amplifier, add a little bit of uh, low end and a small subwoofer, we can make a difference for you. Even some of the best factory systems can be improved because they're, even though they're charging you a lot, a lot of times they're using poor quality especially in the speaker end of it. They use very, very cheap speakers, even in the high-end factory premium sound stuff. So even you, you see all the fancy names of people that I've never heard of before, you know, and it's like, oh, that must be good because it sounds hard to pronounce. It might be a cheap speaker under that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, the amps can be good. The integration of the Bluetooth and the, the looks of the dash, the way the radio works can be good. But if ultimately it's being you know, sent out and powered out to a poor speaker, you know, for a few hundred dollars, you can make a big difference by just throwing a nice set of new front speakers in a car. And if somebody's happy with the speakers but they want to add a little bass, can you add a subwoofer? Absolutely, and we can make the integrity of your car stay. We're not putting in something, you know, the size of the whole back of your car. Maybe a couple of shoe boxes. If you can give that up in space, we can give you sound quality dramatically better than what you have now. And even little accessories. I was, I was looking around and even things like you sell winter wipers. Yep, we do high-end rubber wipers. We don't do the cheap plastic stuff. We'll install them for you. Um, a lot of the new wiper systems, and I say system because there's um, something where you actually prep the windshield for the wipers so that they don't squeak and they last longer, and we take care of all that for you. Special window cleaner? Yeah, it's it's. you probably heard of brand names like Rain-X. Um, it's like a silicone-based system that helps the wiper last, keep it from streaking, keep it from squeaking. And that's an important prep when you put new wipers on. You don't want to just throw a set of you know, $10 wipers on and, and wonder why it's you know, streaking after the first two weeks. Have you ever had a request come in that you just wouldn't do? Like somebody wanted to do something that you thought was stupid and you said, you know what, that's just not a good thing to do to your car? Sometimes there are cars that, you know, you don't want to do things too electronically, you know, whether it's like an Audi A8. Those, those series of cars are, are very, very complex and the computers are almost, you know, too over the top to even deal with, or older sobs, things like that. They're just overly complicated and not worth risking causing an issue with it. So we shy away from that type of stuff. And I learned here many years ago that when somebody's thinking about putting a remote car starter in or an alarm system in, and they hear from the dealer, oh, you can't do that because it's going to void the warranty. Uh, you explained to me that that is nonsense. It's an old wives' tale that the dealers use to try to get you to buy through them. And the, the best part of it is the dealers subcontract out to us or custom, you know, companies like us. We do the work anyway, and they actually charge a middleman fee and charge you a lot more. So most of the dealers don't do it themselves. And there was a law passed uh, many, many decades back by the federal government called the Magnuson-Morrison Act, which doesn't allow the manufacturer to void the warranty unless they're willing to give you the product for free. I bet they hardly are ever willing to do that. No, they're definitely not. And if you listen to the words they say, they use the words could void the warranty. Yeah. So that's why they say that. No, no. And uh, besides remote car starts, which you guys do a lot of, and, and uh, you know, that is a popular Christmas gift. Um, you know, you, you guys go from simple, like one button remote to pretty complex, uh, hook it up to an iPhone, right? Yeah, we do smartphone connectivity, so you can use an app on your phone to control it. I think the nice intermediate between those two price points is what they call a two-way, which takes your basic remote start and gives you communication so that if you can't see the car visually, the remote will let you know that it's running and up to a distance of quarter mile, half mile, full mile away. So if it's out in the parking lot of your 
mall or your Home Depot or your restaurant, even if you can't visually see the car, the remote will let you know, hey, it's going, and you're not having to question whether you're close enough. So if you're at Gillette Stadium and the game's getting over and you want your car warmed up, you can hit the button and it'll tell you whether it started or didn't and you get into a warm car when you go to get out? That is correct. That's exactly how it works. And um, some cars become a little bit difficult because it's like, well, is the heat really going to come on or is this going to come on? But you you guys know whether that's going to happen or not and uh, let the customer know if there's going to be any issues, right? Yeah, our prices we give you include the heat turning on and the blower motor and the AC turning on, so you always can use it in the summer with the uh, high temperatures as well. Can you make the seat heaters turn on too? Uh, that can be done, but there's reasons why you do and don't do that. So, Like dead batteries or something? Yeah, yeah. no, it, it's it's great. And uh, you guys are still doing a lot of headlight installations, right? Or interior lights, but definitely headlight upgrades is big, whether you're older or younger. Youngers want it more for looks. Older wants it because they want to see better in the front New England. So do a lot of that. And um, you know the the headlights. It was you know there was headlights and then there was halogens and then there was HIDs and now LEDs. And you guys, are, I heard you guys talking this morning about putting LED headlights in it. Yeah, that's the newer technology, and we've done a lot of beta testing on them before we sell them to the customers. We use them in our own vehicles, so we know how they work and if they work before we go and put them out on the market. And, um, yeah, the LED technology looks pretty good. Yeah. No, great. Uh, well, thanks for inviting us over here and uh, really encourage people to, you know, you wait, and you pre-wrap the, you do all my gift wrapping for me, right? We definitely will wrap the products for you that we sell here at the store, unless, you know, it's, it's too large. Yeah. But in most cases, that's what we'll do for you so that you don't even have to do that part. Yeah, it's, it's all pre-wrapped and not have to do any work. Kelly, why don't we take another break? We were just talking with Dave here as my chickens fell over. So uh, why don't we take a quick break? We'll be right back. Police stop my car. Police stop my car. The police made me stop. The Cape Cod Irish Country Dance Weekend is April 22nd to 24th, featuring direct from Ireland, Declan Nerney and Brendan Shine. Join Declan and Brendan with their full bands for an incredible weekend of music and dancing at the Hyannis Resort and Conference Center. And there's more. World-renowned Irish comedian George Casey and Boston's best, Devry, The Silver Spears, and Aaron's Melody. And there's even more. Sligo's own Martin Kenny and the Big Bamboo. And because people asked at the sold-out weekend last year, set dancing with Celtis Kiltori Aaron Saturday afternoon. Plus, jive lessons and mass on Sunday. $399 per person double occupancy includes Lodging for two nights, all entertainment, cocktail party, the jive contest, two breakfasts, two dinners, all taxes and gratuities. Call 781-534-3919. Reserve your room with a $200 deposit or to give the greatest Christmas present to someone special. The Cape Cod Irish Country Dance Weekend, April 22nd to 24th. Call 781-534-3919. The Great Molasses Flood of 1919, they were there. The Prue pierces the skyline, 1964, they were there. 2004, Boston baseball reigns supreme again, they were there. 
They were there when Starro Drive opened in 1951, and when the first flight landed at Logan in 1923, they were there. They've been here for a hundred years of Boston, uniquely Boston, City of Boston Credit Union. Memberships open to anyone living or working in Suffolk or Norfolk counties. And when it comes to loans, when you need a loan, there's no place like City of Boston Credit Union. They are there, there for you. Home loans, vehicle, tuition, energy, and personal. City of Boston Credit Union, 617-635-4545. City of Boston Credit Union is NMLS number 403469 equal housing lender. Visit cityofbostoncu.com for more. City of Boston Credit Union, uniquely Boston. This may be the best Christmas gift ever. The gift of knowledge, the gift of learning, the gift of private Christian education. There are currently 18 Christian schools that have partnered with WROL Radio, and they've made it possible for you to purchase a year's tuition for half price. That's right, a year's tuition for half price. If you're a grandparent, an aunt or uncle, or perhaps a godparent, you can bless a young family member with the gift of Christian education. You'll receive a gift certificate that you can wrap and place under the tree. And if you purchase before Christmas Eve, December 24th, you'll also receive a bonus gift of a $100 Visa gift card just for you. Visit our website right now at WROLradio.com to see all the participating schools and to receive more information. Or call Pat Ryan at WROL Radio at 617-691-2521. Make it a merry Christian education Christmas from WROL Radio. And welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. I guess we had a little problem with the microphone cable, maybe, so apologize for that. Uh, we'll have to check that out when I get home. Our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. I think we have a call. Good morning. You're on the Car Doctor program. Morning, John. How are you? Good. How about you? Well, you know, it's a beautiful day. It's not snowing. I don't have to shovel, so it's okay, I guess, right? <laughs> Sounds good, huh? Yeah. I uh, just want to call make a couple of comments, and I just have one question. Sure. <clears throat> Excuse me, seasonal cold. Mm. Yeah, I've had, the sa- I've had the same seasonal cold since September. Oh, God, yeah. me crazy, absolutely yeah. crazy. Uh, but anyway, I want to thank you for this year. You gave me a couple of great solutions to my problems. I had a Corvette with a clutch problem that's solved. Yeah. And my 69 Mustang was a no-start, and... Uh, your suggestion solved that real quick. I distributed a cap with my wife's nail file, and uh, that was it. Okay. And it's been great since. But I did have one other question. It's, it's the 69 Mustang this time. I put it away in the garage, and I had the radio, and uh, it's the original AM-only radio, and the mm-hmm. radio works, but you cannot get any volume out of it. Um, the antenna lead looks good, and I moved mm-hmm. all the wires around, and it turns on and off and so forth, but... Uh, you just can't get any volume. Do you have to know anybody in my area? I live in in Brockton area that services old radios. Hmm. I don't. Um, there's pro. I mean, it's probably one of those things. It's probably best to just anybody you're going to send it to is probably just going to send it out somewhere any anyway. So uh, probably mm. you know the old days of like uh, you know modern. 
you know, uh, you know, modern radio or somebody like that who's, you know, been been around that actually did real repairs. Those people don't really exist anymore. So I think you have to uh, probably just take the radio out and, you know, look on the Internet and find somebody who fixes vintage radios. But it's probably a bad amplifier in the radio. I see. Yeah. And do you think... Uh, there is, those patches might still be available for something. I, I well, if it, if they actually diagnose it down to uh, you know a capacitor or something like that, you know those are generic, so you know they just measure what went bad and you know, and fix it. Um, you know, if you can find an old fashioned you know TV repair store or something, you might actually you might find somebody who actually still remembers how to fix this stuff. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I notice they have replacement yeah. radios that look like these, you know, AM, FM, yep. and so forth, modern technology. If I could, I'd like to keep it original. The car is all original. Oh, sure, But sure. I may end up, you know, doing Yeah, I'm, and, you know, what you could always do is get the replacement radio, put it in, and then keep the old one as an original equipment part. Okay. And, and if you decided to, you know, if you could find something to fix it, great. If you couldn't, at least you have it as the original equipment that if you ever decided to sell this car, you can say, well, I've replaced the radio with something that, you know, kind of a vintage look, but I still actually have the the original radio here in the box. So oh, good. You, good. Could, you, could do that, you could do that, and that way, you, you, you know, if you listen to AM and FM if you wanted to, and and uh, but still have something that looks old, and you could, you know, you could have that, you could have that old one still there, and if somebody said, oh, you know, I'm really looking to try to keep this original, I happen to have it, you know, it just needs to be repaired or or you know maybe in the interim you can get it repaired mm, sounds like a good idea all right another yeah. alternative okay appreciate your help all right take care now thank you and very ha- much have, yep. have a merry christmas bye bye too bye now 617-770-3030 617-770-3030 is how you get through let's talk to bill good morning bill Hi. hey good morning uh i just finished a pleasant walk down at Revere beach and uh threw you in as soon as i could and uh my question concerns uh, a 2013 Lincoln and Okay. All right. And I got this car, this vehicle, from my brother. It was a corporate lease vehicle. Uh, he bought it, and I acquired it through him. And it only has about, oh, let's say, 21,000 miles on it now. And uh, I love the car. The technology is out of this world. And the only problem I've seen to encounter with it. Uh, and I just started using the heating system. I've worked outside my whole life, so I'm not too crazy about, you know, having the heat on all the time. Mm-hmm. This seems to be a little unpleasant odor when the heating system comes off, comes on. Uh, and all I can liken it to is, like, if you walked into your house the first time the heating system started, you, you might be aware of, like, a off-color odor or something. Mm. And uh, I was hoping against hope it might be as, Something simple as like the cabin air filter. I, I mean, certainly that's where I would start. I would pull the cabin air filter out, maybe even replace it. And there are some, there are some, you know, you can get the factory cabin air filter. There are actually some that I think have like charcoal crystals or some, you know, something in it to to uh, make it a little easier to, you know, so it's it kind of vents out some of that, you know, some of that air that could be a problem. Right. But um, and it's a pretty simple. If you want to replace a cabin air filter, it's just located behind the glove compartment. So you pop open okay. the glove compartment door and 
take the glove box out and it's just it just kind of pops in inside there so it's not it's not hard to replace and you know it's about thirty dollars so you may find that you know the car's three years old or going on three years old now right. and maybe it did you know, maybe it did pick up a little you know something inside there uh right. the other you know the other possibility is it's a little bit of a uh, mold and mildew issue inside the air conditioner system, which is also the heating system. So what you could try in the interim is to um, uh, spray some spray some something like Lysol or something into the vents. Uh, oh, yeah, and that may that may kill anything that might be in there, and that may take care of it. Uh, there's no, you know, Lincoln hasn't put out any kind of a technical service bulletin or anything that says, you know, oh, we're having a problem with this or that. So right. I, I, I'm not worried that there's some sort of a, yeah. you know, you know, a little bit of a leak in the system or anything like that that could cause a problem. So, uh, yeah. you know, I would try, I would try just a little bit of basic cleaning and maybe replace that filter and see what happens. Right. And then, and then, uh, dissipates after it's run a while it's only like yeah. right at the startup and then yep. on the plus side the car is the car was leaked through chambers and that's why i have my service with them oh okay for chambers and it's due for one of those checkups very shortly now so I'm, I, I just kind of get a lead on what the technicians there might be looking at when they if, if i brought that up to them yeah if you bring it if you bring it to them what they're going to do is they they have um yeah i guess sort of the you know ford equivalent of lysol you know, so they have they have they have something they'll spray in there. But what they'll do is they'll spray it in through the um, spray it in. They'll probably pull the cabin filter out and replace it. But they'll right. also they'll also spray it in through the air intake, so where the air oh, gets drawn into the system, and that will kind of coat the inside yeah. of it. They they have some fancier stuff too that uh, you know, sort of a you know Febreze. The idea behind like a product like Febreze, it encapsulates the smell. And yeah, they'll have something to, so they disinfect and then they kind of encapsulate, and that that could work too. And uh, just just one thing uh, to follow up on that last gentleman's call regarding his radio. Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, I haven't got the latest issue, but I'm sure in Hemmings Motor Journal, you might find someone that would be willing to fix that radio up to him with the original parts if they're still available. Yeah, I'm I'm sure. Yeah, that's why I said on the internet, you're you're right. Or Hemmings Motor News is a great place, always a great resource, yeah. and uh, there are the you know, there are other folks that's, that still know how to do this stuff. So, yeah, very good. Well, yeah. I thank you very much for that. All right. Uh, All right. You, t- you take sure. care now. Bye bye. And uh, we also had, uh, well, before we get to the calls here, I got a uh, email this morning from somebody who were talking about a little bit about servicing, and they were bringing their 2013 Hyundai in for service. And they were quoted five hundred ninety nine dollars for a thirty k inspection, and uh, they just want to want to know my opinion about that. And we'll look that up in a minute and see. I'm curious what it really should be. But right now, let's go to Charlie. Charlie, good morning. Hi, John Paul. How are you, sir? Very good. I, I don't have a car problem, but I just wanted to make a quick comment on people who lease cars. Okay. My brother just had a bad experience. He turned in his 2014 Camry after the lease was uh, paid off, and they hit him with a bill for $350 after the lease was paid off. And it was because he didn't release a a car from them. This happened to be a Toyota dealer. I won't mention a name somewhere Mm -hmm. in the Franklin area. Now, I thought that was... 
you know, you got to read the fine print when you lease a car. I don't believe in leasing cars, but it was a bad experience to get hit with 350 <laughs> on top of paying off a lease after two years. It's, uh, yeah, I, I, and it was it was only because they said it didn't come from it, they didn't lease it directly from them. They leased it from another dealer. No, no, he leased oh. the car. Okay, from a Toyota dealer. Yep. Okay. Right? The lease was paid off after okay. it was almost two years. There had a few months left on, on the lease. Okay, all right. So the lease was completely paid off for two years, but because he did not release the car oh. from them, oh. Oh. they hit him with a $350 penalty, which I thought was kind of, you know, I mean, not only that, I mean, my brother was a lot younger than I. He's only 79, but still, and he's not, you know, he's smart enough, but, like everybody else, you don't read the fine print. Yeah. So I just want to put a warning out there. If you leave the car, read the fine print before you yeah. sign the contract. No, no, that 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 makes perfect sense. Uh, you know, everybody gets excited about the big print sometimes, $199 yeah. a yeah. month, and they don't yeah. read all the little print. So yeah. you're absolutely right. Well, one more thing, Stephen, I got you. My daughter has a, a Camry, a 2013 Camry, and I brought it in there for routine, and... The window keeps fogging up. He has to run the the, the fogger constantly mm-hmm. to keep the window from fogging. And the and they the service guy says, well, a lot of people are complaining about that. They check the system and says there's nothing wrong with the system. Just keep running your mm. the fogger. So there's something in something wrong with the system because there's mm. more than one Camry that's doing that. And there's a yeah. 13, you know. I wonder if I was talking to somebody one day, and they said that their, and I don't remember if it was a Toyota or not, but every time they got in the car, it would go on the recirculate side and not the fresh air side. Uh, and that, yeah. yeah, and what happens when it's on the recirculate side? It just steams up the windows right away. So yeah. I wonder, right. I wonder if her Camry does that. Like she gets in it and it's recirculating the same air over and over again, and she has to push the button to get it on the fresh air side. I'd have to ask her that. It's possible. Yeah. 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 Possible. Well, thank yeah, you very much. All right. Take care, Charlie. Great to hear from you. Same here. Bye. All right. Bye-bye now. The question about, uh, like I said, uh, the uh, you know $599 to do a 30,000-mile service. The, the person didn't put what model Hyundai it was. He just said it was a uh, dealer quoted me a price of 599 for a 30,000-mile inspection. Seems to be very excessive. Uh, to me, what's your take? Uh, and he reads the column in the Globe. And it's, well, here's what should be done on the 30,000-mile inspection. Uh, inspect the brakes, brake hoses, brake fluid, ball joints, um, constant velocity joints, disc brake system. So look at, take a look at the pads and rotors. Emission control system, look for broken vacuum lines. Evaporative con- uh, canister filter, inspect it and check, check to see it's okay. Exhaust system, make sure there's no holes. Fuel filter, don't replace it, just look at it. Fuel lines, don't check it. Make sure the parking brake works. Check the AC for proper operation. Make sure the steering system works. Here comes the actual pairs. An air filter, a cabin air filter, the engine oil, and an oil filter. And rotate the tires. So let's take a few guesses here. $30 for an air filter. Maybe $50 for a cabin air filter. And an oil change. 
and rotate the tires. So maybe there's a hundred dollars worth of parts, and if you rotate the tires and do those other checkups, those other checkups can't take more than an hour or so. So even if you did all those things, a couple hundred bucks. Not sure what they're actually doing for, you know, for that type of, you know, that type of um, $599. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, uh, normal, And that's under the normal service table. And normal service um, is doesn't have any real explanation what it is, but they do describe what severe service is. So you would follow the severe service uh, if... It says here, the following items must be serviced more frequently on cars used under severe service. And it says, um, severe service driving conditions, driving repeatedly short distances of less than five miles. Uh, Extreme temperature. Uh, Driving on rough, dirty, graveled roads. And this is... You know, this is severe driving condition, driving in heavy traffic over 90 degrees, driving uphill, downhill, or on mountain roads, uh, pulling a trailer. But it says frequently doing these things, not occasionally. You know, all of us do these things occasionally. But um, so you do things a little bit more often. So you change the oil a little bit more often. You maybe change the transmission fluid at 60,000 miles. You change the uh, front brake pads more frequently. But it still doesn't. I, you know, even uh, it says drive shaft and boots, you check them more often. But it's still, not, it's still not a lot. And even when you look at the severe service table, and Hyundai has a severe service table. And I'm just going by Sonata, or I'm thinking it's maybe a Hyundai Sonata and not something else and uh, you know, popular car. So even at the 30,000 severe service, so if you said, well, I'm at the severe service side, I'll, I'll look at that because I want to do a little bit more work to my car. Well, in that case, you, when it comes down to what gets replaced, cabin air filter, air filter, engine oil, and fuel filter. So the, other, the only one other additional thing is replacing a fuel filter. Uh, Checkups are about the same at 30,000 miles, so there's not really a lot of differences in, that, in all those things. Hey, I didn't realize it's almost 10 o'clock. That means Paul Sullivan's lurking in the studio somewhere, I bet. I thought you forgot to that, put your watch on. That's what I thought. No, it wasn't. It, I just, uh, you know, we got some calls and things Either that or, okay here. Either that or you were in Randolph, Indiana in the central time zone. Oh. I could have been that. I've never been in Randolph, Indiana, so... How's, how's things but, down uh, there? I, it, it's busy down here. You yeah, know, they're good. Uh, very steady, very steady with uh, uh, remote car starters. And I, and I saw the wrapping paper come out, so apparently they're <laughs> wrapping up some more remote car starters. So. Love that. Love that. I it's heard always, you talk to the boss, yeah. too. That's, that's always a... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's always a fun thing yeah, to do. Nice. Yeah, it is. It is. And she apologized that she couldn't be here because she actually had a she had a, a, a wake or funeral to go yeah, to. Yeah, she's going out to, to Worcester. Sad to hear about that. Yeah, yeah sad to hear about that. Yeah, yeah, so... Yeah, so so what's up for the Irish Parade today there, Miss Sullivan? Well, you know, I was doing some calendar lookup this morning and figured out we only have like two weeks till Christmas and only one more show. So we're breaking up the Irish Christmas music. 
Well, that that I yeah, because you got you got the uh, AOK for that of uh, a couple weeks ago. So well, it's kind of an unwritten rule or practice, I guess. That we start right after um, Thanksgiving. That makes sense. But makes Thanksgiving sense. was well, kind of late this year, and Christmas is on a Friday, which means the closest Saturday to it is six days away, the furthest it can be. So we only have today and next Saturday before Christmas is here. Wow. So I was figuring stuff out. You, you can tell the well, deliberation I'm, that went into that, right? I can. I can. I, yeah. can, I can. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're you're one hundred percent correct. Right on. Well, top I'm, of gonna, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Good thing somebody is because I know I'm not today. <laughs> I'm. A, I. I. Uh, I'm a little bit off today. So, but uh, you know, and, and being a little bit off and being in a remote broadcast is always a little bit of a challenge. I don't know. I hope, I, I hope it was okay for everybody. So. I'll tell you something. I listened the whole uh, way in and sounded fine to me. Right on your game. Yeah. And and better since I changed my mic cable, so mic Even cables better, are always so. important in, in broadcasting. <laughs> they yeah. are, they are. They're yeah. one of the key equipment right. pieces. <laughs> yeah. yeah, next <laughs> next to the next to the microphone. Yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So well, we're I mean, we're going to you can have the best microphone in the world if you're holding it up and you don't have a cable to you know it's not working. <laughs> oh, that's that's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll have to we'll have to have Jerry the engineer look at my mic cable or something. One word for you, monster. Monster cables. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, there we go. All right. Well, I, I, need I guess to, that's I an need ad. To I have to write that down on the log. Okay. I, right, I guess bye. you will. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. See. Ya. Coming up, uh, Paul Sullivan and the very best in Irish music with the Irish Parade. I want to thank uh, Kelly for doing the great job she always does back at the station, and I want to thank the good folks at Auto Toys here for everything they do for their for their customers, and they just do a great job. They have all the answers, and if you are thinking about a remote car starter, get something that's good. Get something if you're going to give it away as a gift. Make sure you get something that people are going to like and they're going to they're going to really want to use. And if you want upgraded stereos, amplifiers, you know, in-screen, in-car audio, all the stuff is here right at Auto Toys. Uh, and you can give them a call at 781-961-9800, Auto Toys in Randolph. Till next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, and be good to your car. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.